Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. God is good. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Mark, please. The book of Mark. We have over the last, uh, oh, it's been now a couple months, three months, two months, whatever it's been, been working through uh, just really bringing out, uh, talking about the character of God, the characteristics of God. And today I'm going to kind of uh, shift gears a little bit in this thing, um, just at least for today anyway. I'm not sure what's going to happen next week, but uh, at least today uh, I have some things uh, stirring. <clears throat> and so I just got to be obedient to it. And so I believe you're going to get blessed. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go to the book of Mark. And let's go to chapter 12, please. Mark 12. Amen. And we're probably going to pick up with like verse 28. Now what we got going on in context is um, basically Jesus has been kind of cornered by some Pharisees and Sadducees and they've been kind of quizzing Him and asking questions and and uh, basically, you know, of course, you know, Jesus, he's just one of the coolest cats that ever walked the planet. Yeah. And every time, you know, they tried to trip him up in something, he always knew what to say. And uh, he just followed God and said what he, he knew in his heart to say. And it always just kind of, you know, kind of turned everything around. And praise God, he was, it was pretty impressive, actually. So, uh, you know, he kind of shuts up the Pharisees and then he shuts up the Sadducees. And then the scribes uh, started to take a whack at it, you know, and... And uh, so anyway, we're going to pick up with that in verse 28. Hallelujah. And it says this, Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well. Uh, so in other words, this is probably a good thing. You know, he noticed that Jesus, you know, knew what he was talking about, right? So he answered him well and he asked him and he said, Which is the first commandment of all? What's the foremost uh, commandment of all? All right. And Jesus answered him and said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Everybody say, The Lord is one. The Lord is one. Amen. The Lord is one. And, verse 30, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so the scribe said to him, he said, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but He. Everybody say, there's one God. One God. Amen. He goes on then and says, And to love Him, this is what the scribe said, And to love Him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. In other words, all the atonement for sin, all of that, amen. What, just by living these two uh, commandments, amen. Well, just think about it. If you, if you love God with everything and you love others like, uh, you know, like you're supposed to, guess what? A lot of mess just kind of gets cleaned up. There's not a lot of need for atonement for sin. Well, anyway, praise God. Verse 34, and when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, how about that, huh? And he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And then, of course, it said, but after that, no one dared question him. Amen. Now, I think the Luke 10 uh, and, and 28 of the same text, uh, he said, you have answered rightly. And he said, do this 
and you will live, praise God. The Amplified brings out and says that you will enjoy an active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So in other words, if you, if you live this, amen, we saw about this, it's not only just something, you know, this isn't just some nice suggestion that God gave. This is how you live. And he said, if you do that, you'll walk blessed. Amen. You'll be empowered. You'll have the life you're called to have, praise God. Amen. God is good, right? All right, let's go back up here. Amen. I'm trying to just kind of squeeze her down here a little bit is what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to go to verse 29, start there again. And it says this, that Jesus answered him, uh, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Praise God. Now this is a quote out of Deuteronomy 6. In fact, both, both these verses here were quoted, actually three verses here, were quoted out of Deuteronomy 6, all right? And so word for word, praise God. So the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, that's how he starts, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Everybody say, the Lord is one. Today we're going to talk about that God is one. Amen. We've been talking about the characteristics and, and the character of God. And here is something right here that we're going to find out today. God, hallelujah, is one. Now this word one uh, in the New Covenant, it's the, the, he, or pardon me, the Greek word is heis. It's actually spelled H-E-I-C, but it's, it's, the word is pronounced heis. In the, uh, in the Deuteronomy account, or the, so in other words, the Old Covenant or the Greek word, or probably the Hebrew word for that is ekad, okay, E-C-H-A-D, uh, ekad. Now, both of them, they mean first. Everybody say first. first. So the Lord is first. He's first. Are you hearing me? Amen. He's not second. He's first. Look at your neighbor and say, God is first. Mm-hmm. It also means alone. It doesn't mean that he's, you know, lonely. It means he's the only. Come on, somebody. Because it means only or alone. Amen. So in other words, there is none other. Amen. He's in a class all by himself. Are you still with me? Everybody say, God is first. All right. The word also means every or primary. In other words, first in significance, and first, in importance, in other words, God knows how to do everything, knows how to do it all, praise God, and He's the best at all of it. Yes. Can I hear a big amen? amen? You notice He starts it here saying this, God is first. You know, He's going to ask you to love Him with all, but he said He's just establishing it right, a bit, right off the get-go, God is first. Yeah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. He's the first you're, you're to look to. He's the first you're to go to. He's the first to lean on. He's the first to trust in. He's the, her, the first one to hear from. And He's the first one to follow. Can I hear a big amen? The first. Everybody say, He's the first. Hallelujah. Now, God wants to be your answer. God wants to be your solution. God wants to be your reason for living. Come on. God wants to be your all in all. He's the first. He's the first. That's what He wants to be in your life, is the first. Amen. 
Now, Deuteronomy 6, uh, I didn't have them, you know, give them these for the, you know, back there with the, you know, for the board there. But uh, uh, if you go a little bit further down in that chapter in uh, Deuteronomy 6, he brings out that we're not to chase after any other gods. For he's a jealous God. Are you hearing me? We're not to chase after anything else. In other words, nothing else can do you like God. Nobody else has the answers like God. Nobody else has the solution like God. Nobody else can, can take care of that like God can take care of that. Are you still with me? No one else has the answers that you need in all things like God does. That's why He's asking you to love Him with all your heart. Are you still with me? Now, I got to, you know, through this whole thing, got to kind of meditating a little bit on this thing about He's a jealous God, you know, and, and uh, you know, so I thought it was worthy of that. Uh, so uh, put uh, Exodus, uh, is it the Exodus account up there? Is it 34, 14? There it is, 34, 14. And it says this, kind of saying the same thing. It says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, I love this, whose name is Jealous. whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And I thought, you know, of all the years I've been reading this, I mean, I've heard a you know, hundred times, you know, read through, he's a jealous God. But for some reason, I don't know why I didn't catch that part, his name is Jealous. And I thought, wow. And so, you know, several times through Scripture, we see it several times in Exodus, several times in Deuteronomy, uh, even Joshua uh, 24, when, he, uh, when he's addressing the children of Israel after he's, you know, they've gone in, taken the promised land, they've divided it out, and he's letting it be known. You need to serve God, period. God don't want to share any of that with anybody else or any, anything else. He wants to be your God, your one and only. Are you hearing me? Uh, even Ezekiel, when he had a, a revelation, he, uh, actually a vision, and he saw, um, you know, God, uh, he saw uh, the glory of God, a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. And it, it talks about the description of God. And then it said he looked on him and he saw the jealous God. He saw a God who was jealous. And I thought, man, there's got to be something to this, Right? And you think, you know, when we start thinking about jealousy, you know, like a jealous husband or something and, you know, green with envy, you know, kind of, you know, kind of thing. And, and, you know, you kind of, your head kind of runs and spins down that kind of road. But what God's just trying to let it be known is, I'm your one and only, period. Are you with me? The word jealous, in fact, put the Deuteronomy 4. Let's put that on the board. It says, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. All right, now we're going to get back to our text here in a minute, but jealous. The word jealous, uh, the, the Hebrew word is uh, kana, it's a Q-A-N-N-A, and it just means not bearing any rival. Not bearing any rival. Not bearing any rival. In other words, nothing and no one can exceed him, can surpass him, can outdo him, can outstage him. Are you hearing me? Nothing and no one else is to be your number one. Nothing and no one else is to be your first. Nothing and no one else is to be your source. 
Nothing and no one else is to be your all in all. That's why it says, seek first. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things are added to you. All these other things, the word is very clear, that all the other things that the Gentiles seek after, everything that those without God would want or chase after or would somehow or another look at it as being their source or look at it as being uh, the thing in their life that they you know, go after. God's saying, listen, all of that will come to you if you will just seek me first. He is your all in all. He is your, he's all your answers. And so he's trying to let it be known. Listen, come to me and everything else will come to you. Are you still with me? Uh, go back to Mark 12 and put, uh, let's go to verse 30. And you shall love the Lord. So first off, he says, I'm your all in all. I'm your first. And then the first word here in that verse 30 is agapeo. It's one word. You shall love. That's actually one, Hebrew, one Greek word. It's, uh, it's agapeo. Now, the word agape, you know, as the Scripture says, God is love or God is agape, okay, the Greek word. And it just means really a giving, unconditional love. That's who God is. Ain't you glad? You know, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad he's a loving God. God. Well, then don't take it for granted. I'm glad he's a merciful God. So stop taking it for granted. I'm glad he's a good God. So let's stop taking it for granted. That's what he's trying to say. He says, listen, I'm your all in all. I'm it. So come after me with all your heart, with all your soul, your strength, your mind. Come after me. And I'll see to it that everything you need will be handled. Are you still with me? Now, agapeo, this word here, uh, you shall love. Um, Of course, it comes out, it's the same root word as agape, but agapeo, as you start looking at it, it refers to really a commitment. Everybody say a commitment. So he's saying, listen, I'm your all in all, so let's get committed here. Hmm. Now, the scriptures are pretty clear in 1 John 4 that, that uh, you know, God, uh, you know, he's asking you to love him, but he says, you know, the reason we love him is because he first, everybody say first. First. Loved you. In other words, he's asking you to commit yourself, a total commitment unto him, because he's already settled it. He's totally committed to you. He's already on your side. When we're talking about walking with a commitment unto God, it ain't about trying to earn God's love. It ain't trying to gain God's acceptance. You've already got all that. He just wants to get involved in the rest of your life. And he wants to know, will you crown him king in every area of your life? Because only you can do that. Only you can establish he's king in this area of my life. 
He's king in this area of my life. He's my one and all in this area of my life. He's my all in all in this area of my life. Only you establish that. He's totally ready and available. So he's wondering, will you commit to this? Will you commit to it? Agapeo means a total commitment. It means a giving of oneself over unto. It means to bind oneself to. It means basically, bottom line, I can't do nothing without you. Didn't Jesus say that? He said, Jesus said that. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords said this, I can of myself do anything. So I look to God, I follow God, I say what He says say, I do what He says do, and as a result of it, it always works perfectly. Everything He did, He was successful in. Why? Because He knew that He knew that He knew that the Father was first. Are you still with me? Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, agapeo comes down to this, that it's, it's about prizing Him above all else, being unwilling to do anything without Him, almost as if you're addicted to Him. Mm-hmm. It means stepping over I love this because this is going to come up some more. Stepping over the line of total commitment and again, crowning Him King in every area of your life. You have to settle that. It's time to go past or step over that line, amen, into a place of total commitment to God. Amen. Why? Because He's your all in all. And the quicker you get a revelation of that, the quicker everything else seems to come to you. Are you still with me? All right. Let's go back, look at verse 30 again. And you shall love the Lord your God with how much of your heart? All All of your heart. Amen. The word heart here, cardia. Where we get our word cardio, okay, cardia is a Greek word. And it means middle, it means center. It literally refers to the seat of control, all right, talking about your decision-making or your will. You actually... Um, really could almost plug in here character, your character. Because really your character is based on your heart. Everything comes out of the heart, the Scripture says. Proverbs 4 says that all the issues of life come out of the heart of man. Jesus Himself, talking in Mark 7, He said, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all comes out of the heart of man. Are you with me? Amen. Uh, Jesus said also in Matthew 12, He said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in the heart, the center, the core, the decision making, the will, the character of the individual is what comes out his mouth, is what comes out his life, is what comes out in his actions. A lot of people have said, you know, well, the heart is the spirit. It's not. It's not really true because there's too many controversies and verses in. Because your spirit, good comes out of your spirit. Are you hearing me? Not bad. All right? 
So there's, there's a little discrepancy in some of that. So to me, it, it isn't just, I believe that the heart of man is that inner working that really connects the spirit, soul, and body within a human being. It's what's in here because that decision-making, that will, that character will determine whether you'll go a spirit route or whether you'll go a flesh route. That's the truth. What you'll think on, what you'll meditate on, where you'll go, what you'll do, how you'll react, all is going to come out of your heart. Are you still with me? That's why you have to purpose what you feed your heart. Because out of the abundance of what's in there is what determines what comes out. That's why you have to, the scriptures are clear about what you feed the heart. Now he wants to know, will you have a total commitment? Will you have a love, a full love for, or pardon, with all your heart for God? Will you surrender that character? Will you surrender that decision maker? Will you surrender your heart? Will you commit it to God? He's your all in all. Why wouldn't you? Every answer is in Him. So why wouldn't you surrender your heart? Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Let's try another one. Just, just see where we go here. Love the Lord with all your heart. How about this? With all your soul. Are you... Are we, are we going to crown him king in these or not? With all your heart, with all your soul. The word soul, suke, okay, where we get psyche. That comes out of that word, but suke, okay? And it means breath. It means one's vitality or vibrancy. It's where the emotions and the feelings all come out of that, out of the soul of man. Everything, how the emotions and feelings are all going to be based on what you're breathing in. Now, the scriptures are pretty clear. In fact, uh, one of my heroes, Elihu, uh, who uh, addressed Job and his friends about, you know, about the, the word of the Lord, oh, one of the things he made clear was that the breath of God is what gives him understanding. It's the, that breath of God that gives him life. And the breath of God is what still gives us life, praise God. Are you hearing me? Uh, from the very get-go, from Genesis 2, uh, we see where God breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became, the scripture says, a living being because God breathed into him. Yeah. God is still wanting to breathe into you. He still wants to be your breath, so to speak. What you take in, what you feed on, what are you inspired by? That word also means a divine inspiration, that word breath. So what, is, what are we allowing God to divinely inspire us with? Or are we being inspired by everything else? Anybody hearing me today? God is asking. He said, listen, I'm your all in all. I'm your, I'm your number one. I'm your first. So why are you going to let everything else be the thing that inspires you? Let me breathe into you. Let me inspire you. Let me, amen, keep your emotions and your feelings in check, praise God. Amen? Let me bring some vitality, some energy into your life, praise God. All this other stuff, it'll come. But don't let it be your source of vibrancy in life. Let God be your source. Well, let's try another one. Love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord with all your soul. 
How about this? Love the Lord with all your, your mind. Okay. The word mind. Dianoe. It's, I, I am sure I butchered that word. But D-I-A-N-O-I-A. Okay. Dianoe. Something like that. But it means deep thought. It means imagination. Reasonings. Understanding. It literally sums it up by saying it's the exercise of the mind. So what you fit, sit and meditate and think on. So what, is, what's, what are you thinking about? What's, what's stirring in your imagination? What's, what's the thing that you're, what's the reasonings? He wants to know, will you commit to me total commitment in the area of what you sit and think on? Right. Listen, I'm your all in all. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to stress. You don't have to go down that road. You got no business going on. Why? Because your all in all is God Himself. I'm not mad. I'm just a little intense. Doing okay? We, okay. You know, I got to get her done quick here today. So, He's your all in all. So He wants to know. Will you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and here we go, with all your strength? Strength. Well, the word strength, iskos, I-S-C-H-U-S is the Greek word there, iskos. And it means force or power or might. It means an ability, but it's summed up by saying this, to extend energy to carry something out. To extend energy to carry something out. Hallelujah. It's the giving of one's whole life, their time, their energies, their effort, and even of their substance. So he's trying to ask, will you love me with your time and energy? Will you love me with, with your, your increase, your substance? Will you love me with your life as a whole? Let me be your source. Let me be your all in all. Let me be your provider. Let me be your strength. Let me be your courage. Let me be your answers. Let me be your wisdom. Let me be your understanding. Let me be all that I'm called to be in your life. Will you crown me king? Hallelujah. Go to John 21. John 21. That's why, uh, you know, Jesus said everything hangs on these things. If this would get a working in your life, he said everything else hangs on it. That's, I think it's actually Luke's account, or no, it's actually Matthew's account uh, around chapter 22 of the same. He said everything hangs on this. If you can get these things working in your life, everything else works. Everything else works. I mean, that's, you know, I like things, you know, kind of simple. I, I don't know, you know, I don't like all that complication stuff, you know, I like it just to be kind of basic and simple, uh, you know, and, you know, if, if, you can, you know, if it can be said in one statement, hallelujah. Right. And he's saying, listen, if you can do this, if you can love God, you're all in all, if you can love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you can begin to turn around and love others, praise God, guess what, everything just starts working. In fact, he's not even asking you to really be honest to love others without first knowing love, the Scripture says in 1 John, and believing in the love that he has for you. Then you can abide in that love. In other words, even loving others is going to be hinged on how much of a total commitment you have towards your God. Are you still with me? 
Because I guarantee if you got no commitment toward God, you sure as heck ain't putting no commitment toward people. Come on, somebody. That's just the facts. All right? Everything's conditional. All right, so John 21, all right? Are you there? I guess I better get there. John 21, verse, uh, uh, let's see, let's go to verse, uh, what verse do I got here? Where am I at here? I went with the wrong, no wonder that, what, what, what? The wrong book. It'll help, right, if you get the right book. John 21. All right, praise God. Let's go to verse 15. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, just so we know who we're talking to here, do you love me more than these? Agapeo. Are you, are you committed to me more than everything else around you right now? And he said to him the same thing you'd say if he asked you. Ha, yeah, Lord, sure. You know. That's right, he does. You know that I love you. And he said, well, then, okay, feed my sheep. In other words, if you love me, then, then put some action to it. Do what I've asked you to do. Okay, but he's not done, you know. And he said to him again a second time, verse 16, Simon, son of Jonah, just so we know who we're talking to, do you love me? You think he was being rude to Simon? I think he was locating Simon. And I think the same way, I think today we're being located. Are you hearing me? <clears throat> Do you love me? Are you committed? Agape, are you committed? And he said to him, well, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. And he said to him, well, you know, tend to my sheep. Just put some action to it then. I don't need a bunch of words. I need action. What's behind it? And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And of course, by this time, as I guarantee if Jesus would be asking the same question, looking in your face while he's asking it, probably the same emotion would come through you. He was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. I can't sit here and try to kid you or think I'm something. You, you know where I'm at. You know better than I do of myself where I'm at. Huh? You know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, then feed my sheep. And most assuredly, I say to you, when you are... When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you were old, you, you will stretch out your hands and, and another will, will gird you up and carry you where you do not wish. He's talking about how, how he's going to die. And this he spoke signifying by uh, what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. If you do love me, then follow me. Don't just mouth it. Let's do it. And Peter, turning around, saw, love this, he turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, talking about John, because, of course, you know, John saw himself as the one that Jesus loved. Come on, somebody. He's the one that wrote it. Uh, he saw and he loved uh, 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 
whom Jesus loved following, and who also had leaned on his uh, breast at, at, at the supper and said, Lord, who is uh, the one who betrays you? Of course, he's just clarifying, he's talking about John. Verse 21, Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Do you love God? Well, then go to church. Well, do you love God? Then read His Word. Do you love God? Well, Pat, come on, Pat. Then pray. Do you love God? Well, why don't you serve? Well, Pastor, do you love God? Then why not serve His people? Do you love God? Getting a lot less yeses in here. You notice that. See what I'm saying? That's exactly how, that's exactly how Peter felt. Do you love God? Yes. Then show it. Do you love God? Yes. Then act like it. Do you love God? Yes. Then stop playing games. Do you love God? then why not be a part of things and serve and lay your life down and help others? Do you love God? Yes. See, you might sit here, well, Pastor, you're just you're putting me... No, no, no. What, see, if, if, if you're not totally committed in the heart, in the soul, in the mind, and in your strength, you'll find a way to somehow justify where you're at. And all he's asking is... It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Will you follow me? Will you love me with all? Will you love me? Well, then get along with your brother. Do you love me? He's asking then love that spouse like Christ loves the church. Do you love God? Then trust in Him. Do you love God? Then stop racing around for everything else to be your source when God is your source. Do you love God? Then tithe. Do you love God? Then honor Him with your words. Do you love God? This is just, see, only you can answer that. And then it comes down to the last, only you know, (laughs) only you know. You know where I'm at. See, the pastor don't know where you're at. Well, you have some ideas. But he don't know all. I mean, sometimes you can buffalo me a little bit. Until I watch you. And I go, mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. Heard that before. Seen that before. I bought the T-shirt, I know. Huh? Come on, somebody. This ain't about condemning anybody. This ain't about 
you know, somehow belittling. It comes down to the same thing he's asking of Peter. He's asking you and me, will you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength? Why wouldn't you? He's your all in all. He's your first. Are you still with me? Revelations 2 and, and verse 4. <clears throat> Jesus was you know, talking to John. It was a revelation of, you know, of Jesus and of the church and everything. And he, had, he talked to him about the, uh, the letters that were to be written to the seven churches. And one of them he talked about was the church at Ephesus. And uh, he goes on telling about, you know, these are the great things that Ephesus has done, you know, this church at Ephesus have done. And, and uh, he said he starts and he ends with, you know, the praise of what, what's happened. But in the middle of it, he said this, I have this one thing that I, uh, this one thing I got uh, that I don't like that you guys, uh, you know, it's going on with you right now. He said, you got this going and that going is great, but it's just this one thing. He says, you've let go of your first love. This is what he's talking about. He's not your source anymore. You're applying yourself, you're doing some things, but he's not your source. He's not your all in all. He's not your answer. Do you love Him? Then let's live it. Do you love Him? Then let's show it. It's not about, again, it's not about trying to gain acceptance or to somehow convince God of anything, trying to win God over. God's already in love with you. God already wants to be there for you. He just wants you to hook up. Let Him be your all in all. Crown Him King in all areas of your life. And I guarantee you everything you could have ever desired or dreamed of or hoped for could come to pass in your life. Because it's part of the promise. Why? Because He's the one that placed that desire in you. He just wants you to see Him as your all in all. Did you get something today? Give God praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. How about that, huh? 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 Oh, yeah. Of course, I haven't let you out of here yet. But. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think, I think the, uh, I, I don't know if I, another, maybe a better word than this, or probably is a better word than this, but I'm going to use it. Um, I think the challenge to us today is do we love Him? like we know we should. Now, I believe um, probably all of us could probably up that game a little bit. 
Come on. I don't think any of us arrived by any means. But I don't say that to try to justify your lack of commitment. Because if you're going to sit here and do that, then it's because he's not king of your thought life. But if he's king of your thought life, you're okay with taking heed to yourself and saying, you know what? I think I need to walk a little bit more with some commitment toward my God than what I'm doing. Amen. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Thank you. Thank you for a people who do love you, who are committed, who are, praise God, locked on and wanting more of you and more uh, of you in their life than ever before. Father, forgive us for the times we maybe have let some of that go, let go of our first love. But Lord, it's our heart and our purpose to make sure we walk a, a walk that shows a commitment toward God. And Father, I give you praise and glory for it. I call this people blessed. I call them empowered. Hallelujah. I call every, every calling, every, every gifting fulfilled. I call every desire, every dream, hallelujah, to come to pass. All the things that, as your word says, that if we seek you first, all those other things will come our way. So, Father, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.